You are listening to the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast with Monica Louie, episode number 90. Welcome to the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast, where we help online entrepreneurs grow their influence, amplify their impact, and scale their businesses all the way to seven figures. And now, here's your host, Monica Louie. Hey, hey, thank you so much for joining me for the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. I am your host, Monica Louie, and I am bringing you another fantastic interview. In this interview, we talk with my amazing guest about so many things. There is something for everyone in this episode. We dive deep into content strategy, project management, team building, SEO, marketing, and so much more. You definitely want to stay tuned because this episode has so much coming at you. But first, if you are new to the podcast and you don't know me yet, I want to welcome you. I am Monica Louie, and I'm a Facebook and Instagram ads strategist, and I run a successful ads agency where my team and I manage ads for six, seven, and eight-figure online businesses. I'm also the creator of Flourish with Facebook Ads, which is my online training program that teaches my step-by-step system for creating campaigns that convert. My team and I have managed more than $3 million in ad spend and served more than 1,000 students and clients. We are in the trenches every single day, keeping a pulse on what's working now in the world of Facebook and Instagram ads. And in this interview for today's episode, my guest is going to share what her company is doing to address the upcoming changes. Maybe you've heard of something called the Apple iOS 14 updates that are heading our way that are going to affect advertisers and anybody using Facebook or Instagram for marketing and reaching out to their audience. So with that, my team and I have been in the trenches navigating the waters for our clients and our students for all of the changes that Facebook is rolling out to address the updates that are coming with iOS 14. So what is happening in a nutshell, I'll put a link to the episode that I did recently about all of this. You can check it out at episode 86. It's monicalouie.com slash 86. I'll put the link in the show notes. But basically what is happening is that Apple is making this update to their operating system, which is going to require that all apps that use its platform in the app store, Facebook included, Instagram included, will need to let its users know that they are using their data to track them and how they are doing that. And in addition, give the user the option to opt out. So Facebook is anticipating that as they roll out this change, when the new version of iOS 14 rolls out at some point here in the coming weeks, it could be literally any day now, Facebook is anticipating that many users will choose the option to opt out of tracking, which will affect us as advertisers in several different ways, but it's also going to affect Facebook's ability to report results in the advertising platform in the ads manager. And so there are a number of different consequences that we think we will realize when this update is rolled out. And as I said, it could literally be any day. Last we heard, Apple said that it was going to be rolling out in, quote, early spring, but Facebook just this week said that it really could be any day now before we officially hit early spring. 
So with that in mind, because there are so many changes that my team and I are navigating for our clients and helping our students navigate, I wanted to make it easier for people to jump in to Flourish with Facebook Ads, which which is my online training program where I've served hundreds of students and I am helping them navigate these waters. So Facebook is making changes in the back end of the platform to address these changes that are coming with Apple iOS 14. And as with anything, sometimes when Facebook rolls something out, it doesn't quite work the way it's supposed to, or it's more confusing than we think it should be. And so my team and I are navigating these challenges that we're encountering with our clients at accounts and uh, helping our students also navigate these changes. And as we learn more from Facebook. And as we figure things out, I am sharing those updates and our learnings with our students in the VIP program for Flourish with Facebook ads in our twice monthly group calls in our very active Facebook group. And so that's where I'm able to give hands-on help for our students as they're navigating these waters as well. So with that in mind, I thought it would be helpful to offer a $100 off promotion for Flourish with Facebook ads using the code iOS 100. <laughs> so when you go to monicalouie.com slash iOS 100, you can save $100 off the entry price for Flourish with Facebook ads. You'll be automatically enrolled in the VIP program. It is a monthly program, so you can opt out at any time. It's only $49 a month, but you can get my coaching, my feedback on your ad strategy, on your campaigns, on your targeting strategy. I will give you feedback on your landing pages. You can jump into the hot seat in our group coaching calls. You can share at any time in the Facebook group. And my team and I are there answering questions as well as our other VIPs in the group. So it's a great supportive platform. And I just wanted to do something to make it a little bit easier to help more people navigate these waters because Facebook and Instagram are still where we can reach millions, if not billions of our potential audience members through ads. And it's a great place to reach your, your ideal customer, your ideal audience member. But, you know, as with anything, as with any marketing strategy, whether you're doing SEO, like we're going to talk about with our guests today, or whether you're using Facebook ads or any other platform to reach your ideal audience, there are challenges. Things do change consistently. And so I keep my Flourish students updated with any changes, whether they're big, like the iOS 14 updates or small, where there's just a new feature that Facebook is rolling out. So join me in Flourish with Facebook ads in the VIP program today. You can go to monicalouie.com slash iOS 100 to save $100 off the join fee for Flourish. I will see you there. All right. So my guest today is no stranger to Facebook. She's no stranger to social media. She is actually many chats head of content. Her name is Farah Rosenzweig, and she has been many chats head of content since May, 2019. And she has over 15 years of content experience. So we are diving into her experience today. Her love for storytelling has actually earned her an Emmy Award. So in today's episode, I ask her about that. And she goes into that story about how she won the Emmy Award and what it was for. It's a really cool story. And she's been featured in many publications. And when she's not wordsmithing or talking about chat marketing, you'll find her globetrotting while logging miles for her next half marathon and 70.3 Ironman. 
She has been working in the media industry since 2004, and her background ranges from broadcast programming to online media. She's been producing, writing, and editing content for various outlets over the past several years. And ManyChat, as I'm sure you know, is the number one chat marketing platform that is used by over 2 million small businesses and 200,000 marketing agencies around the world. ManyChat helps small businesses grow by making it easier for them to manage and personalize customer conversations across channels and turn them into loyal relationships through a single platform. They help businesses send messages and promotions through chat, automate and personalize customer responses, or connect them to a live agent if needed. In addition, they integrate with tools that small business owners already use like Shopify, PayPal, HubSpot, Facebook, and Google to help drive results at the best return on investment. So in this episode, Farah and I go deep into her content strategy, how she manages the entire content team that ManyChat has. And because they are such a large company, they are on all of these various channels. We talk about how she organizes that, how she plans, what kind of content to cover. As you know, in content, things can move very quickly. We talk about how she navigates those waters, what the tools she uses to help develop and produce the content. She shares a wealth of tools. It's so fun to learn about all those different tools that she's using that a company like ManyChat is using. She gives some more advanced options and some entry-level options as well. She shares the top SEO strategies that she and her team are using for 2021 to get their content found. And of course, we dive into Facebook Messenger bots and how to use that to scale your business, what changes, how many chat is addressing these iOS 14 changes that are coming our way quickly and so much more. We cover so much in this episode. As I said, there's something for everyone. So no matter what stage you are in your business, if you're looking to scale, if you're looking to improve your content strategy or be more strategic with your content, this episode is for you. And I want to make sure before we dive into the interview that you know you can find all the links and resources that are mentioned in today's episode at monicalouie.com slash 90. That's M-O-N-I-C-A-L-O-U-I-E dot com slash the number nine zero. All right, let's get into it. Let's dive into the interview with Farah Rosenzweig from ManyChat. Hey, Farah, thank you so much for joining me on the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. I am so excited about our conversation today. And so welcome. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, yeah, sure. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat with you today. I've already shared your bio and a little bit about your background with the audience, but I'd love to know kind of more about that first before we get into content strategy and mini chat and all of that that we're going to talk about today. So can you share how you got started in this niche in this world of online business and then what led you to mini chat? I'd love to know. Yeah, sure. So it's been quite a journey. I, I started out, well, I went to school actually and studied television, theater, film, new media. And when I was at school, social media was non-existent. So it was really just studying like all traditional type of media and content, PR, all that stuff. And when I graduated from school, I was fortunate enough to get a job at a television network. 
And uh, that's where I was doing international news, documentaries, television, ads, all on traditional broadcasting. And that really gave me the skill set that I use today to find the story, to craft something on the fly, and how to capture attention quickly. And, you know, from there, it's, I just kept on, I guess, like growing in my career, I worked with some small production firms where we did commercials. And at that time, websites were definitely exploding. And a lot of people needed content for digital, and they didn't know how to do it themselves, because all the equipment was not accessible at that time. So we were creating online videos and learning about social media, all that stuff. And I realized like, Hey, there's a trend and that I need to get, learn more about digital content and how to manage it and websites and all that stuff. So I studied, I went back, got my master's and studied multimedia. And from there, it just, you know, I kept on, I had a, a fantastic job at a company where I was the editorial manager, really honed in on how to write and, and manage a team of writers and figure out how do you market content and build out a social strategy? And how do you capture people on social with less than 10 seconds of time? So, you know, it just, I kept growing and really just learning all sorts of ways how to share a story from long form content to short form content through imagery and words and video, audio. And so it, that's where I, I'm fortunate that I just have met a lot of people, worked with some great brands and led me to where I am today, which is at ManyChat. So it's been a long, long journey of like 15, over 15 years now. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that. And along the way, I know you won an Emmy Award. Can you share a little bit about that? What was that for? And, you know, we obviously know now you have a background in television. Can you share what that was for and what that experience was like? Yeah. So like I said, I started out traditional broadcasting and that's where I, I was fortunate enough to be surrounded by individuals who really coached me on how to capture a story. And so I was able to work on all these different docu-style type television programs. And there was an editor who I worked with who he had branched off and started doing his own thing. And he said, there's this fantastic story of this athlete. And so once he shared his story about this athlete, Tyree Washington, he, you know, I just gravitated toward it. I was like, people have to know your story. And so essentially it was about this athlete who he was part of uh, the men's four by four U.S. team, U.S. track and field team and four by four is the four by the men's four by 400 meter. And Oh, two of the teammates had tested positive for using drug enhancements and two of the teammates were clean. And so it was about a story of guilt by association and how he was fighting for the, the sport that was corrupt and how athletes may become uh, clean and what ha- his story of how he lost his world records and his story on the sponsorship money was going away and how he just struggled from an ass just being guilt by association. And then personally, the struggles on that, you know, is kind of like, he felt like people were just constantly looking at him and stuff. So it it was the overall picture was about 
sports and the corruption. And this is kind of timely. Like it was also around the time when what's the, I'm blanking on the name. Uh, there was a baseball player, I'm blanking on the name that was in the middle of this huge trial about doping up. And, you know, in the world of cycling, there had been a number of cyclists who had tested positive. So it was just very timely, the story. And so we created this story and we're fortunate enough that people liked it and we were able to earn an award for it. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Very cool. So moving forward to working with many chats. So what is your official role and what is your, you know, day in the life of Farah at many chat look like? I am the head of content and people are, it's so funny. People are like, cool. What is that? Cause content is such a large word right now, especially when we're, everyone's inundated online. So essentially, I manage the team that is responsible for the articles and videos that we produce and responsible for copy that you see on various channels that we own, whether that's social or on our website, like landing pages or email or even ads. And we're responsible for any type of journal content on different publications, working with journalists on getting our story out there and getting those link backs for SEO. I partner with SEO on how to, on from like an organic standpoint, how do we drive traffic? So that's in a nutshell, you know, what I'm responsible for and I help our team be successful what I try to do is find the stories um, and listen to our community on their struggles and try to give them the solutions as quickly as possible because our community is growing. They're growing businesses. And if you're like, you know, you're running a business and you know, it can be very hard when you're wearing multiple hats and you don't have the answer to something you're looking for at your fingertips. So we're trying to help our community just find the answers and help them grow their business, whether that is at some sort of marketing agency or if it's an e-commerce store or if they're a coach of some sort. That's what we're responsible for. We're, we're trying to find the stories of people, you know, success stories to share that can inspire people to grow. And we're trying to find their the our users that are struggling and give them the answers that they need to be successful. So yeah, that's what I do. And then from a day-to-day -day standpoint, I, I, I feel like if you're a content person, I feel like you are never putting, you never put work down because you're constantly like reading the news, you're reading different articles, you're, if you're on social media, you're constantly on social media and you just are always looking at different ways that people are sharing content and how people digest content. It's never... I feel like the only true way you can turn something off is or you shut down work is you turn off the TV, you, you don't have newspapers, you don't have your cell phone, you have like nothing. But from a day-to-day -day standpoint, I'm, I'm always looking at what are the market trends. I, I spend a couple hours reading different, different trends, what's going on in our industry from that news standpoint. And I'm reading articles we're, we're working on editing content, going through our community, trying to find the information that we need to be able to give the answers to our community while also learning new product features and how do I convey that message to the community. So that's pretty much in a nutshell. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that I'm leaving out, but <laughs> yeah. So how many, how many people are on your team? How many people do you manage and, you know, covering all of these different areas of content? 
So we are a, a lean, mighty team. There's two on the content team that are like in-house. And then we have a team of 10 consultants. And that includes writers and editors that really specialize in different areas and help us just be efficient at producing work. It's because our we have so many different areas to work in. You know, we have like our agency, just helping agencies grow. And then we have product information to deliver. And then we have inspirational stories. We're just constantly finding different avenues to work on and deliver the content. So I, our content program would not be successful without the team that we have for sure. It takes a village to be successful and not to say you can't do it if you're just one person. It took us a long time to get to where we are today, but I'm I'm very fortunate that I have a dedicated team of people that can help us get the stories out there. So for your team and what I was, what I'm curious about is you have various avatars. Yes, they're, you know, they're growing businesses, but like you mentioned, you know, there's e-commerce, there's agencies, there's local businesses, online businesses, you know, so how do you plan out your content for like to address those various avatars to, to help them, you know, with the struggles that you're finding that they are needing so that you can produce timely content. So how can you give us like an overview of how you kind of map out your content strategy? How far ahead do you get, you know, since things are changing and moving so quickly, I'm just curious, like what that looks like. Yeah. The best way for me to put it, it's like a thousand piece puzzle. That's the same color or like three shades of blue, right? There's so many different pieces to put together when you're creating your content strategy. And so how I have a calendar before you even start building up the calendar, it's like you had mentioned, you, you have these different areas. Like we have our agency and e-commerce products, you know? And so I really take a step back and I like look at what are the areas that we need to address? And I look at Google analytics. Everyone should get familiar with, with data, Google, Google analytics for sure. And just like, look at what is the biggest driver. Cause at the end of the day, we're using our content to help drive the business to growth. So it's, I look at what are people clicking on? What are people engaging with? I, I want to backtrack really quick. I was fortunate when I came into many chat, there was already some content that had been established. There wasn't a strategy, but there was some content. So I had a little bit of data to look at. If I had nothing to look at, I would just go straight to like an SEM rush tool, like an SEO tool and look at the Facebook community. Those would be my two first places to look at. I look at what are people searching that drives traffic to many chat? What does the community want? So, and from there, I'm then just piecing together what is the biggest topic and I work my way down, you know, work my way backwards. From there, I build a calendar and I do work about, so I build a calendar for the year. And what that is just overall theme. Each month has a different theme. And then if I know specific launch dates, that gets plugged into the calendar and I work backwards on how long is it going to take me to you know, create a video course or how long is it going to take me to create this ebook or whatever it is, work backwards. But as far as like blog posts and stuff, we work about six weeks out. 
of course we have stuff that's timely and we got to turn around within a week time frame or less but i do want to make sure that, that we are getting the right information so i i do ask the writers to do deep dive interviews get the right statistic information and all that stuff and then we do fact checking and go back and do a good edit that's part of like my i guess broadcasting days that are coming through when like from the news do fact checking make sure it's accurate information all that stuff so but with the calendar i am very detail oriented so if i didn't set up the foundation of the calendar to be very organized and detailed everyone else would just be very disorganized so the calendar is like our home base and we just put in you know i put in what type of content we're working on the title of the content if it's an seo article if it's a video if it's an ebook like everything goes in that calendar and i, I just and it's color coded too <laughs> and and it's just kind of like everyone's home base you you look there every day to see what we need to work on but really how to pick the information it's I look at what are people clicking on? What, and if you, again, if you don't have that information, if you're starting your content program from scratch, I recommend you go to some sort of SEO, SEO tool to look at what are people even searching in your industry? And if you have a community or if you have a network, or if you're in some sort of networking group, pull the people and ask them, what are they interested in learning and start from there. And then from that, you can just start picking out stories and details and finding areas that maybe other people, other competitors aren't talking about and put that in. And also look at what's timely is there. If you're in an industry that is, let's say e-commerce, for example, Black Friday, holiday season, you can't get around that. That's the elephant in the room. So you have to make sure you put that on the calendar. It's very timely. Any type of holiday, Mother's Day, it's very timely. So I say, get all that timely stuff on the calendar also. So you know that you're going to need to work on it. And you could even get a bunch of stuff in the back, you know, in in the, the can, just work on it up front. So you set it and forget it type thing too. But that's like how... I start the program and go from there. I, I know I was all over the place. I feel like I just threw a lot of information your way. I hope that that was helpful for someone. No, absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm picturing, you know, the this very in-depth detailed calendar with color coding, you know. So what do the colors mean? Does that mean like the type of content that you're you're promoting? And also, can you talk about do you repurpose content, you know, take like a snippet and then post on social? Can you share a little bit about that too? Yeah. So I'm glad you mentioned repurposing. I'm just going to say, I am a huge fan of repurposing. It's, it's great. So with the color coding, to answer your question about that, honestly, it was when I was building up this calendar, there are so many rows and columns and just a lot of black and white on the screen that my eyes were going insane. Like everything just looked blurry. It was hard to tell what was what. So I was like, okay, we need to color code this and make it easy on the eyes so that if someone comes here, they're not overwhelmed with just a lot of black and white. So there's not a whole lot of, there's nothing really into the color coding process other than there's no one repeated color. <laughs> I got creative and like had a 
say, make a blend of like purple and, and yellow to make some sort of new purple-esque color to be different on the calendar just because like the regular purple had already been used. But, you know, I broke out like on our blog, for example, we have multiple categories. So I made sure all those categories had a color. And so when I selected, let's say, for example, uh, chatbot, that's one color. I think I think that's maybe yellow. And then we have SEO articles and that's blue. And so it's just easy to tell the difference, right? And it will be able to stand out. So someone coming on the calendar is like, oh, Claire's going to be editing SEO articles about chatbots. And it's not like the words are just blending together. It just pops a lot easier than nothing. So there's not a whole lot to the color process, but it, it is helpful. So people don't feel overwhelmed. It's just easy on the eyes and you can navigate pretty easily through it. As far as repurposing, which on our calendar, I have it as orange. We definitely repurpose on social media. Almost every blog post that we have, we then take the content and create a a small, you know, maybe like a paragraph with some tips and use that copy into the caption of like our Instagram post. And we have our image or we take a, if we have the image or let's say we have a video that we, we shot for something else and we're able to edit that, it, that video down a little bit to be capturing and put that into our Instagram stories or feed. So we definitely, definitely repurpose for social media. It's like, Hey, you're having all this great information on the blog. You could take, you know, example, if you have an article about 10 tips and that's on the blog, you could take each tip and like create a carousel type thing on Instagram. And each one is like tip one. And you have like, like the cliff note version of the tip there. And then you have them slide. There's tip two. It, there's so many different ways to repurpose, but the long answer made short is yes, it's so important to take that information and repurpose it onto social media. And even what we also did is some of our blog posts that were really long and had great information, we then created videos around that too. So people could watch a video or listen to the information instead of just reading that information um, and vice versa. We also had videos that we thought were really great. And then we just transcribed it, cleaned up that transcription and turned that into a blog post so that people could read if they didn't have time to watch the whole video, or if they were in a place where they couldn't listen, you know, they could actually just read it. So all for it, take advantage of it. It's like the best, one of the best things to repurpose content. So when you do that, are you putting this all in one article? So you'll have like the article plus the video there. Is it all in one page? Or are you, you know, are they in different places? Yeah. So it depends on the article. Most of the time, yes, it will all be there. You know, if we have, a, let's say you're doing something about best practices, we'll have a video with some nice eye capturing imagery on the video about best practices and, and then embed that video into the blog post so they can watch the video and then scroll down and see it. But we also do post that onto our YouTube channel and then we'll link back to the blog and we'll we'll take that video, condense it down a little bit to our social media channels and then maybe kind of call it like like a sneak peek version. You know, we might like only give five of the tips 
and say for the rest of it, click back to our website and read the blog for the rest or watch the video for the rest of the tips type thing. So we get a little bit creative and we try to test. There's no one right way. You know, everyone's audience acts differently. So you really need to know how your audience will resonate with the content and what sticks, then double down on that. I call it always trial and error with that type of stuff, but it's, it's fun because you're learning a lot of things and you can get creative that way. Okay. So what kind of tools are you using? Is this calendar? Is it like a spreadsheet? You know, what kind of project manager tools are you using and any other tools that kind of play into this process for you to help manage the content and the team and who's doing what and when and, and all of that? Yeah. So there are a lot of tools out there. (laughs) There are a lot to help people be successful with their content program. And what's great is it's kind of a good thing, bad thing, right? There's a slew of options for you to make your life easier. Then again, there's a slew of options. So it can be overwhelming. So true. I'm, <laughs> I'm a big fan of, of Google Sheets. That's what I used to build my calendars off of Google Sheets. However, at ManyChat, we use Asana. So I created our editorial calendar through Asana. And it was, I'd say it took us like a, a week or two to get adjusted from moving from a Google Sheet calendar to Asana calendar. But it's great because we can, what I like about that is I can then tag like our articles to different campaigns that other teams might be working on. So if there's a team, let's say, for example, like we have a a feature release going and our product marketing team is working on something I can put in the editorial calendar. We're working on Instagram best practice tips and I can then, and then I can tag them so that they know when like we're working on our Instagram beta, right? So I could tag them and they know, oh, this article will feed right into their campaign about Instagram beta. So it's, it, it's kind of nice in that way. If you're working with multiple teams and have to be cross-functional, that's what I've grown to really enjoy about Asana. And that, you know, and there's so many other boards that are like Asana Trello was one that I've used in the past, monday.com I've used in the past. So those are all great. And they, they come with templates too. So if you don't know how to even start, you could just use one of their templates and then make it your own as you get more comfortable with their products. Another tool that I just recently became a huge fan of, and if no one has used it yet, like just Google it and use it is Market Muse. I love it. (laughs) It's an SEO optimization tool. So essentially you've heard me, there's Moz and SEMrush, which are great to track SEO to see how you're doing, driving traffic organically and how your competitors are doing and what keyword is ranking what, but it's market news. What's different with market news. It does do that, but it, it, what market news is doing is really like, you can say, I want to write about some topic. Let, let's say like, uh, let's say you're a bookstore and you want to write, find topics about bookstores and how can you rank what you it's great. They have this research tool. You put in like bookstore and your URL, and then it will tell you who your competitors are, what they're ranking for, what they're not ranking for in this really fantastic color format. So like it's green is easy. You can rank on page one and like red is, this is very hard. You can't, it would be very challenging to rank on page one. And then 
you click on the keywords and then it will give you writing prompts. It will tell you here are like the five top common questions searched and you could build out a creative brief based on this stuff. So it's really giving you a writing guide on how to write your content for SEO. And then it will also recommend linking like internal links or external links. But there's also this optimization tool. So you say you wrote your article in a Word doc or Google Sheet or Google Doc, you copy it, you put it in there and it will tell you, it gives you a score like, oh, this is a score of 45 and you're only at 15. Here are the keywords that you should put in. And you can, as you're changing the keywords and changing links and writing more, it will suggest like, oh, use this as a subhead or here's a question. So it's really cool. As you're writing out, you can see like how you could potentially rank and it will tell you the opportunities if it's hard, medium, you know, or, or very easy to get from like page four to one for a specific topic. So it's great. And then they also have like keyword planning. You know, you could say, oh, I'm not ready to write about this topic, but I'm going to put this into my planner and then I'll write about it like in three months or something. So you, it's very, very robust and it's a fantastic tool. It is an investment, but I like their dash, they have all these great dashboards and we've seen the ROI in that tool. So write it down. Market Muse, fantastic. I love it. And they like have a team that made onboarding so easily. If I have a question, there's an account manager to help. And they actually do have content strategists that help you build out your content program if you are not an expert in that area. So it's great if someone's very novice in this area, or if you're just, you know, you're starting your own business and like writing and SEO and content's not your forte, go there. They they make it easy. I just like, I just blabbed a lot about that, but a few other tools. Well, let me just say before we move on to another tools, but okay. So it's market muse, M U S E. And so I'll put the link in the show notes, but I'm looking at their plans and they definitely have like higher or premium plans, but they have some that are very reasonable and they have a, a free trial too. So definitely something to look into it. Anyway, I'm, it, oh, yeah. it sounds amazing. So I'm definitely going to check it out and I'll definitely put the link in the show notes. Okay. So sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for letting me interrupt. Okay. So what's the next one? You know, everyone needs to learn Google Analytics. If you haven't learned it, they're, they have fantastic tutorials on how to navigate through it. So I'd say learn that, get to know it. Data, you know, the numbers are going to show you what you should be doing, what you should forget doing. The numbers aren't going to lie. And, and it's okay if you're not performing well, it's going to let you know, hey, you're not performing well. And then you can make the best judgments for yourself on what you need to do better. So it's, you know, I'd say that's a top tool to get to know. And then also, let's see, we're currently using Sprout Social for our social strategy stuff and scheduling. I think it's great because it has like this calendar format. So you can see what posts are going on, what channel at what time, and they have like automatic reporting. I mean, you can see the engagement if you're working with if you're cross collaborating team and someone asks a question on one of your posts that you have and you you don't have the answer you can tag someone say in your customer support or someone in sales and tag them saying hey can you answer this question and then 
they could go and write into Sprout Social and respond to the question. So it's, it's pretty cool. And that's what we're using from social standpoint. And I'm trying to think what else for, you know, I don't know if you want me to go into the video tools that we're using because we have a few of those also, but I'd say those are the few that we use as far in SEMrush and AREFs also for SEO. And we're using WordPress. We use WordPress as our CMS and, oh, and Canva. That's also a fun one. <laughs> um, we, we've used that before. We have a design team too, but for some stuff, we use Canva. For when I was doing like more consulting, I got to know Canva really well too, just because if you're a consultant, you want to wow your clients. And so there were some handy templates to snag from there to really like show off your client and make them be like, oh, I, I need you. I, you know, I, I can't do this without you. So it makes you very valuable. Yeah, they, and we use Canva also, and they really have, you know, added more and more features mm-hmm. where, you know, it, you, it used to be like, you could tell everybody was using the same Canva template, yeah. you know, a few years yeah. back, but now, I mean, there's a lot of variety and you can do some really cool things with Canva that look really slick. So yeah, yeah very cool. Okay. So I'd love to hear just since you, you mentioned, you know, the video tools, just like one or two of the top easy to use, easy to get started tools for video. Yeah. So there's like a few, if you struggle with, if you're struggling with video and you need like quick templates, like a Canva or something, there's like, I just discovered this tool called Biteable. They're great. It's kind of like a plug and play type thing. You can pick like the music and the color, brand it yourself. It's reasonably caught. It's a reasonable cost. It's not going to break the bank. It's fantastic if you're starting off. If you're a larger functionality, you need to have some sort of tool where you can comment. So like the, the, the paid version of Vimeo is one. And then we use frame.io. What's great is we can put a rough video on there. And then as a team, we just make comments and notes like, oh, you know, maybe we move this down or this, it doesn't make sense. And we use Adobe Creative Suite for all of our fun editing and creation stuff there. So those are a couple, of course, we're a larger team. So we're able to have these tools, but if I'm like editing on my own, there's some reasonable, you could, for Adobe, you could just get the app itself. And then, you know, there, there's so many cool, it's so crazy how like advanced tools have come now to make it just so easy to have these like plug and plays. I really am impressed with this Biteable company and I've done a few things just on my own with them. And it's, it's, it makes things so easy. And if you have an iPhone, that's your camcorder. <laughs> like there's, you do not need to invest in all these expensive cameras or anything like that. You can use your phone. You could buy for $20 a microphone on Amazon and you can, you can get some cool lights for 50 bucks, you know, so it's really affordable now to, to have your own video equipment if you're just starting out. Well, thank you for mentioning that. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of times we see, you know, people with their fancy cameras and their fancy lighting systems. And, and we think, you know, if we're going to go in, we need to go all in and get all the fancy Mm -hmm. equipment. But really, I mean, tech has come so far that we can just use what we have and, you know, invest in a good microphone because I know audio is important. Lighting is important as well, but you don't need to get the super fancy expensive lights that are going to take up your whole room or office. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's uh, especially now we're all at home, right? There's these companies have gotten creative on how to make smaller versions or mobile versions. Yeah. It's really cool. <laughs> I could geek out for hours just about that stuff. <laughs> okay. So very cool. So I'm going to put all those links to the tools that you mentioned in the show notes so that our listeners can easily find them. So with the team, you mentioned, you know, everybody's working at home. Is the mini chat team, you know, all virtual? Is it normally virtual, virtual in non COVID times? Do you normally, you know, meet in an office? I'm just curious about that. Yeah. So the marketing team, we did have an office and the whole marketing team is now remote. So Zoom fatigue is a thing. Oh my goodness. <laughs> By like Friday, four or five o'clock. I'm like, Ooh, I am tired of Zoom. <laughs> but as far as like our content team, we, most of the team, you know, we had a lot of consultants. So most of the team has already been working remote and we've come up with a system that has really worked for us. I have some people that are three, four hours ahead of me from time, you know, in their time zone. I have a couple people that are two hours behind. So you get flexible. But what I've learned is that like a lot of creative people are either early risers and want to work on content early in the morning or evening people. They're not like afternoon people. So I really use the afternoon to like get through my meetings or just go through any type of articles I need to get through. And then, you know, the creative staff is early morning or late evening or, you know, helping them, my team sort through some stuff. So it's, you make it work. I feel like you just, you, you make it work. <laughs> but we, we were kind of used to it. There is something to say though, about getting in a room and just throwing stuff on a whiteboard because you can read the body language and everyone can have some, you know, the, they're not tired of being on a screen. You can feel the energy when you're meeting in person, but we've been like this for a while now. And I think we're used to it uh, at this point. So it's like, how do we get excited on zoom? And that's when I either book mornings or evening times, because that's when the team is most creative from, from the content team. I just find what works with their schedule and make it work really good advice because, you know, just thinking about the shift from in your energy and when your best focus time is for you and then plan accordingly, you know, plan that into your schedule so that you're having your meetings during times where it makes sense. And then you have your calendar cleared for your best creative time. So I really like that advice. Yeah. And then also something that I did, if, if anyone is uh, working with a lot of people and they're, they're just kind of zoom fatigued, like I did, I, I found like just switching it up. Zoom has done great stuff with their background. So I, I, there was a time where like each week I had a different theme and it was like television shows, movies, places I want to travel to. And it was like a nice icebreaker. You know, people saw the background. They thought it was funny. We chat about it for five minutes. And it's like, all right, let's get into it now. So there's, there's different ways to still have that icebreaker and get to know people that you work with. You just have to uh, think outside the box and like with the zoom background, something like this takes two seconds to find a picture and upload it. So <laughs> it, it worked. <laughs> I really like that. I'm going to test that out tomorrow with my team meeting. So <laughs> yeah, if you go on, if you go on my Instagram account, I had like three weeks three or four weeks that I was constantly posting the zoom backgrounds. And I, I made like one of my highlights it's called zoom. And you can see some of the things that I did. And one day I had like a where's Waldo background and I dressed up as him. And so that, I think that was oh one my of my gosh. favorite ones. How fun. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. So I'd love to talk about, you know, storytelling and the hook and capturing that attention. So what tips do you have us for the various types of content to, you know, grab, grab people's attention and then keep them engaged while they're reading the blog post, watching the video? What, what tips do you have for us there? Okay. So as I mentioned, like I traditional broadcasting and I, and I did journalism. And so I use a lot of the stuff that I learned 15 plus years ago. And there's always what's going to capture the person's attention in five seconds. So in journalism, we call it a lead for articles, but it's like essentially your hook or it's like the invite to a party. What's going to make your party different than the person's party next door. And what, what's going to entice them to come over. Is it going to be like, come and come to my housewarming party and your next door neighbor is having a housewarming party. Well, what's going to make yours way different than the other person. Right. So you're going to like try to wow them with something else. Maybe like you're, you know, it's the cookies or you have some sort of DJ coming. You're going to start off with that. Right. So when you're writing your articles, it's find that hook. What is going to capture the attention? Let's uh, you know, and it's not the thing of like, are you struggling with growing your Facebook audience? That's not really, wow. That's not exciting, right? Well, yeah, that might capture someone like, yeah, I am struggling, but like you could, you could go a little bit further with that. So I I always challenge my writers, like what's going to be the the cool invite to this party. You have to get them in somehow. So that's like the, the big challenge. And then also like your first two paragraphs, like really need to get right to the point in your article. So it's, don't elongate, don't fill the fluff in, just be direct. Like this day and age, we have so many choices and your audience just wants direct. They want authenticity. They want, they don't want the BS, right? You're not trying to sell them anything. So relate with them. Don't have these large words that people are going to have to constantly go into dictionary.com to look at. Like just talk to them. Like they're a human being, be direct with them. And that's what, that's, what's going to keep your audience reading as far as like, if you're going to use content in your Instagram stories or social media, you have to get something that's going to stop the the person from scrolling right past you. So what is the image going to say? Is it going to be just like a basic graphic or is it some sort of stock image or is it going to be an actual image of yourself? try to think like, how is this going to be attention grabbing? And then our social media consultant, you know, she was like, with our videos, it's like, just get right to the point. You don't need to introduce that video anymore. Like you just like, if, if the video is about 10 tips, just get right into it. Like tip number one, tip number two, and make sure the content is different than than your competitors out there. So it's going to make you unique. And I know what I just said is pretty high level, but you just have to think what is going to grab someone's attention in five seconds or less than five seconds, because there's a lot of options out there now. So it's just constantly having nice attention grabbing images, something that's cohesive with your brand too. And find your hook and your language uh, for your first sentence of the article and just be like honest, just, you know, down to earth, honest, no BS. So that's really how you're going to keep people engaged with your audience or engaged with your content. 
Can you give us an, an example of how you took, you know, like a ho-hum hook and then passed it up and invited people to the party? One of my, one of my favorite ones was something about like Amazon, right? And then it was like, oh, so you started an Amazon account or Amazon store and you're struggling. And maybe that that's going to resonate with someone, but what it's like, okay, like, yeah, almost everyone, whether you're, you know, a veteran or a newbie, there's going to be some element of struggling. So we suggested, let's test out this capture. Like anyone can sell on Amazon. Cause yeah, that's true. Anyone can sell on it, but selling, selling well takes a whole other skill, you know? And it's like, oh, well, what's that other skill? And so it's like, okay, now let's read on, right? That was one um, that we used. There's another one that I actually, I, I wrote at one of the publications that, oh, how many years ago? I want to say maybe it was like 2010, 2012. I wrote a story about Ragnar Relay Race. And I was, I'm not sure if anyone knows what Ragnar Relay Race is, but it's, you have 12 runners, you're inside of a van for 24 hours, 36 hours. So I had to cover this race and talk about it. And so the the capturing that I had was we did a mock-up of um, that MTV show, Real World. And we took yes. that and we said, this is a story of Run, Right, Repeat, a team of 12 running junkies who volunteered to run with ASICs over a 190-mile relay race crammed with a stinky van, vomit from Huntington Beach to San Diego, California. Here's this, the, this story about how they fought through pain, exhaustion, and smell all the way to the finish line, placing 30th or out of 700 teams or something like that. And it's like, find out the story and how you like, how you get started or something like that. But, you know, it was just like, we painted a story there and caught the attention opposed to, I think what I originally started out with like, Oh, here's a story of how Ragnar Relay is, you know? And I was like, well, let's scratch that and like get a little creative here. You know? So I think the last part that you should revisit, I don't, I tell everyone like, just write your first thought down, write your first paragraph down. And you might even remember this from elementary school, write your introduction down <laughs> 90% of the time, when you get to your conclusion, you're going to probably take your conclusion and swap it with the intro, right? Because you're by that point, you have a better grasp of how your story is. So I just tell everyone, don't worry about the intro, write it down, get everything down on paper. And then when you go back to edit it, that's when you can have some fun and just get a little bit creative there. Do you recommend some people will remove their backspace key <laughs> or like set a timer, you know, and get rid of any distractions and just not pick up your fingers from the keyboard. Do you recommend like, you know, little strategies like that? I mean, that that's so funny. I used to do that. I haven't done that in ages, but yeah, that's a good one. Like don't, you know, set your timer for like 10 minutes and just write straight or turn all notifications off and keep, keep writing at it. Or sometimes I write in different font colors, like, okay, I'm going to have a back, black background, purple font or whatever, just to switch it up and make it different. And it, those are, they're all great fun writing exercises. Sometimes I also like, I mean, I have 
notepads next to me. I have like six different notepads next to me. So I will just write it all out too, before I start typing, because there is, I, I don't know where the exact link is and I don't have the exact statistic on it, but you're, because you process your words slower, like from your thought to paper, you're actually able to like spell better, get the, the right story down and craft a better sentence structure when you're actually truly writing versus typing it out on your computer. You'll have more typos because you actually type faster than like the neurons from your brain transmitting down to the keyboard for some reason, like, like, Oh, I have to find this. I'll have to find it somewhere and then send it to you. But yeah, it was fascinating. Like you actually make less mistakes and you have more creative I guess, outlook when you're writing your thoughts down on paper versus just typing it out because it's, you type so much faster than actually writing. Cause when you're writing, your brain still has to think, you know, you're using your neurons to like, tell your hand, move your hand, you're, I'm writing a W, you know, all the stuff that you don't really think about. So I also suggest that as a writing exercise too. That's fascinating. Okay. Let's talk about many chat here before I let you go. So can you share, you know, so hot topic right now is Apple iOS 14 updates and coming down the pike. And now we know early spring, whatever that means, some point in the next few months, we're going to have this update to Apple iOS 14 that is going to prompt users with the option to opt out of tracking. So of course, all of us in Facebook land and advertising land, Facebook is making changes around how to adjust for that, for its advertisers. And so lots of things are changing in the ads manager, but also, you know, with ManyChat using Facebook, what is ManyChat working on? What, how are they approaching this upcoming big change? Yeah. So we have our team that's working very hard (laughs) on making sure that everything works properly and doesn't like run into different blocks and all that stuff. So I could tell you that our team is working diligently on getting the best product out there so that our product adheres to all sorts of guidelines. You know, we Facebook has a lot of different compliance things that we have to also follow. So it's, we're just following all that stuff. I just want to remind people, like, while it might be frustrating to hear that they're, you know, like Facebook's working on these things and they have this iOS stuff and it's giving people the option to check, to opt out. It's really, well, at first it might be sound frustrating. Think about it though. It's like, it's really going to give you the audience that truly wants to be listening to you and following you. It's going to kind of get rid of the, the junk audience in a way. And also what we constantly tell our users at ManyChat is like, in order to, to avoid these problems to begin with, just always, always, always ask them to opt in. Just say, I just want to confirm that you want this email, you want updates on our blog, or you want to be you want to continue this chat on SMS, you know, and just always get an opt-in and get a double confirmation opt-in. This way, you know that they're truly interested in talking with you and listening to you. Very cool. That's great advice. And that that's, a, I mean, really good perspective too, because with our agency and our Facebook ads clients, 
we're figuring out how to maneuver this. And then with my students trying to figure out how to do this. And I know that people are getting frustrated because things are changing, but it's always, let's bring it back. The people that are going to engage are going to be the ones that are going to be, you know, that higher quality audience member, whether they're chatting with you, whether they're, you know, opting into your email list, they are going to be the higher quality people that are going to be more likely to stick around rather than wasting your ad spend or your, you know, time with engaging with them on messenger when they, you know, are here today, gone tomorrow. So I really like that, that perspective. Yeah. And it was, it's also the same thing when like Google, they made a huge change to their algorithm and it like wiped our SEO organic traffic, like 30% or something. And then I realized, you know, this is a good thing because it's going to get the higher valued customers that are searching to come over. And then they're probably going to be more likely to convert sooner than some of the other people that, that were coming over that weren't as interested. So change while change is scary or it can be frustrating in the long run of things. It usually is for the better. (laughs) You just have to constantly remind yourself because sometimes that means you have to do a little bit of elbow grease and, and some extra work in the beginning to make sure you're successful. But like you said, you know, it's just gonna, it's gonna get rid of the, the garbage and I shouldn't say garbage, but it's just going to get rid of the people that aren't going to probably be, yeah, they're not going to be invested or they're not going to be loyal fans. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So can you share with how things have changed and with COVID and our new, you know, quote unquote new normal, you know, we're not looking like things are going to, you know, kind of switch back to pre 2020, pre pandemic anytime soon. So how does this affect chat marketing and our engagement with our audience? Can you kind of talk about that? What COVID did, and you're absolutely right. We're not, if people go, what's going to be, I can't wait to go back to normal. Like, what's what's going to be our normal? You mean a new normal, right? We're not going back to something. Because if you look at like when, we, when 9-11 happened and we started to have to take our shoes off, we had to take our shoes off at the airport for a very long time unless you spend a couple hundred dollars to cut in front of the line and then you don't have to take your shoes off. And that's not at every airport. So, you know, it's like the, the mask wearing is probably going to be around. What There's going to be some other stuff that we, I'm not sure, but contactless and digital stuff for sure is going to be sticking around. And because of COVID, we had to, we watched a lot of our customers have to make significant pivots for their business because people weren't going to restaurants or people weren't shopping in stores anymore. So figuring out the digital solution is number one. And that's what we were able to at ManyChat at many chat help people out with. We were able to make their lives a lot easier by giving them a system that automates stuff and gives them the opportunity to talk with their customers like they're actually in a store, but it's online. You know, you have this chat widget that you can have live customer chat or you have automated questions for your chatbot experience. And it's giving people the flexibility to reach a wider audience now. If you were a retail, for example, you were only able to reach people in that one area. But if you're expanding online and taking advantage of like Facebook shops, for example, you're able to reach a larger audience and even grow your store 
And you, there's tools like ManyChat that can help make you successful because you can automate a lot of things. You can engage with customers right away. You can even sell through our product. So it's, I don't necessarily know, you know, of course, stores are opening up and people are starting to get more comfortable going to restaurants again and going to shopping in store, but a lot of people still aren't comfortable. So you just have to turn everything online. That's where like making content visible and engaging and making sure if you have your face, have a store online, like have the right images and just make it a very comfortable environment online somehow, you know, and and just, and build that trust, like making sure they opt in, don't spam them, (laughs) like don't break their trust. So a digital, I think grew significantly over COVID and it's here to stay. And we're just going to see a lot more creative ways to interact with people in the digital world. And also like people are very active on social channels and that's an, an area where you just have to constantly be on because be on the channel where your audience is going to be and converse with them. Yeah. And so I'm in Texas and things are pretty open here. You have to wear a mask everywhere, but you know, things are pretty open. You can go, you know, and go to the store and get what you need, but I'm still like, I'm finding myself like that. I'm ordering more online than I've ever have before, even though Mm -hmm. I have that ability, you know, to go, to go out to the store, but it's just more convenient. And now I'm kind of in the habit of it and COVID kind of like pushed me to do more and more of my online shopping, but but yeah, it's definitely here to say it. So those of us like mm-hmm. we're building online businesses here and, you know, we are definitely better poised for the changes that are to come and, you know, just shopping. It used to be like online courses was kind of like sounded a little bit sketchy. Like, are you sure? Is that a reputable thing? And now it's just so common for people mm-hmm. to be like, oh, I want to learn something new. Let me go see if there's an online course for that. And yep. so it's just like common practice now. And I think that that's just going to continue to be the way more and more. So I just feel like there's a lot of potential, even though, you know, it still feels like things are uncertain and we don't know exactly what's going to happen still this year and, you know, and what's to come and what other changes and pivots are going to happen. But as business owners, I just feel like, you know, that's part of our job. You know, we're here to help solve problems for our customers. You know, we help our, our customers, our audience members, solve their problems. That's how many of us help them. And just like you're doing with ManyChat with a content strategy, it's like, you know, what are they struggling with? Well, how can we help them with our content, you know, and really provide that value to build that relationship? So, you know, I just kind of look at it, you know, with the iOS changes and COVID and all the things, I mean, there's going to be something, you know, happen next month that is going to, you know, throw, throw all of us off, but it's to be expected. And that's what we're here for. You know, we're resilient as business owners. We're here to help solve problems and just make the world a better place through our products and services. Yeah, of course. And we're creatures of habit. So we're we're all, all of us, I'm in San Francisco. So I'm used to, I have had more of a lockdown than in other states, but we were the society of convenience. We want it now. And that's what I, I think just shifted in COVID to even more. And that that's going to stick for sure. The, the DoorDash type things, you know, delivering at your door, oh, yeah. instant customer service, all that stuff, it, it's going to stick. And also making sure that everything you can do, you can communicate, whether it's desktop or on mobile. So like setting yourself up for text messaging and messenger or WhatsApp and 
all that stuff, right? It, it, you got to set yourself up because that's what's going to stick moving forward. It's that it's here now and it's going to stick. The in-person stuff will eventually get back to there, that. But like you said, even though in Texas, you've had the opportunity to go places, you're still wanting that like instant satisfaction of like getting something delivered to you. Yes. So that for sure is going to stay. And it's who's going to be able to, at this point, how can you set yourself up to deliver something quickly and paint the best experience for that customer? Yeah. So with, you know, many chat, I know that there are so many different things that we can do. Like there's so many integrations now and so many different features. What are some, some of kind of like the newer, cooler, like on the forefront, kind of slick things that we can do with ManyChat? Because you said, you know, you talked about text messaging, you talked about, you know, taking payment via messenger and all of that. Like what, what can we do now that some people may still not be aware of, but then also what's coming down the pike? What's on the forefront? If you can share anything like that. Yeah, my mind was blown when I learned about this like chatbot messenger bot thing a little bit before I joined ManyChat. But essentially, you can start a conversation at a very affordable cost through Messenger. So if you have a Facebook business page, you can get someone to start chatting with you in your Messenger. It, it's not going to cost you anything to just start having a conversation. You can then instantly book a consult or if you own like a fitness studio, you can give them the schedule and right then there have them schedule a class and you can get payments right in there. So everything happens under five minutes opposed to someone clicking on a link that goes to a website and then they're going to click around on your website. Maybe that experience is 15 minutes, but think about the talking to someone on messenger that experience is in less than five minutes and you just either got a sale. Yeah. That's like what we were just talking about. It's like, you know, people are kind of like primed, like I want it now, you know, I want, I want the answer to my question now. And so that's cool that we have these tools that we can help our customers get it now rather than sending them a link or like opting into our email funnel. That's going to be dripped out over the next, you know, seven to 14 days. We can, Mm -hmm. we can do a lot of that with, with messenger bots. No. Yeah. It's great. And what's cool is we have SMS. So you can take your conversation and ask the person, thanks for, you know, chiming in and talking with me on messenger. Just curious if you're interested to take this conversation, the text message, click yes, click no. If they click yes, you can then just send, shoot them a text right away and say, thanks. Want to make, you know, just making sure that you're comfortable with this. Press C to confirm, stop or no for no more communication. And right then and there, you have another outlet to start having a conversation. I know for me, I prefer getting a text message because I get so many emails and it's like, I have like 90,000 emails in my box. And then like, I don't, if I don't get, I, I turn off my notifications a lot of times. So if I don't have that on, like I forget to go check my messenger. So like with text messaging, it's right then and there and people will send me a link and I can go right back to my shopping cart and make that purchase or go straight to a calendar link and set up a call with them. And it's right then and there. So for me, my preferred channel is text messaging, but that doesn't mean that's for everyone. And so giving the person the option is going to only make your audience that much happier. 
what we're currently working on with ManyChat, you know, we have our messenger and SMS, but what's cool is we're building out, right, as I mentioned earlier, we're in beta for Instagram. So we're going to be able, you'll be able to have like instant conversations with people in Instagram. So it will be like your chat bot via Instagram. And then also we're in beta with WhatsApp too. So just more opportunities to reach wider audiences or making sure you to communicate with them on their channel. And you might be thinking, great, there's all these different channels. That's a lot for me to manage with our platform. Everything is within one platform and the, the developing, the develop team made it really easy to navigate. So it's literally like clicking the button saying like, this is an Instagram message, or let's take this message to text message or keep this in messenger. It's, it's very easy. And it probably sounds very confusing by listening to me, but once you get in there and see the picture, it's a little bit easier to figure out, but all of that is within one platform. So it's, you're not managing multiple things. It's one conversation by just saying, this is a text conversation and and then this is going to be an email conversation or this is a messenger conversation. So it's it's a lot easier than it sounds. <laughs> you just have I, to get in there and see it. <laughs> no, I'm excited about that because that's going to be really cool. So like with these like different channels, so we've got Facebook, you know, and soon we're going to have Instagram and then WhatsApp. Like, so can we, and text message also, can we say like, I'm just imagining saying like, hey, so-and-so, are you on Instagram? If so, should we say, you know, follow me over there and provide our Instagram link or ask for their Instagram link? And then like, can we just start that conversation? Do you know yet if like, it's going to work like that? I'm, I'm just so curious. I'm getting, I'm getting excited about how we can, how we can maneuver this. Yeah, no, I, I, I cannot share <laughs> quite yet since we're in beta, but it will be, it's, it's just going to be an easier way to communicate with people. Okay. That's what I can tell you. It, it is, okay. It's very cool. I mean, currently right now, if you have an Instagram account, you could just put your ref URL into your, your bio and then could tell the call to action would be like, let's have a conversation, click the link in here in the bio and we could and start chatting now. So it, with the new, when we announce our new feature, it's going to eliminate a little bit of lag. You know, you're not going to have to do that, but you could essentially still communicate almost instantaneously and, and automated on, on automated too. You know, some people are like, Oh, great. You could still chat with Instagram DMS. But the thing is, if you don't have a notification or if you can get bombarded with a thousand DMs a day, you can, you need to figure out a solution to give them a response right away. And that's what we're able to do. We're giving you the tool to create automated replies that are, that you're able to tweak and create in your own voice, you know, so you know, the common questions, you know, the answers, you know, your language, you're able to set it up in that way. Love that. And I mean, with, messages, whether it's Facebook Messenger with your page or Instagram DMs, we can create audiences of people who've engaged with you there. So Mm -hmm. not only, you know, are they on your subscriber list for messaging your page, but you are capturing them in an audience that you can use with ads to get back in front of them in their feeds and in their stories and, and, you know, other places mm-hmm. also. So like you're, you're kind of feeding that audience and making it really warm too, by engaging in the conversations with them. 
yeah, like I said earlier, it's a huge puzzle, right? Everything connects in some way. <laughs> it's just a big puzzle piece, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Like it's just another way to connect and find those really worn leads that are going to ultimately want to stick around with you for a very long time. I love it. This has been so great. I really appreciate your time, Farah. It's such a great conversation. So helpful. I appreciate you going in depth with content strategy and planning and tools and iOS 14 and COVID and all the things that we talked about today. It's just been so fantastic. I'm so excited about what's to come with Instagram and WhatsApp. So where is the best place for people to kind of stay on top of what's coming down the pike with ManyChat and the changes there? And then where should people follow you, follow ManyChat? What are the best places to go? Yeah. So if you want to stay up to date with ManyChat, bookmark manychat.com slash blog. We put everything up there. You can go check or you can follow our Instagram. Many, it's at ManyChatHQ. And we constantly are putting up all the latest and greatest information on Instagram as well on Facebook, which is ManyChatHQ, as well as LinkedIn. So I, I suggest go to one of those three. Or again, bookmark the blog, manychat.com slash blog. Tons of information there. And then if you know if you want to follow me, my handle at Instagram is fjrose. And I am also um, actively on LinkedIn talking about content trends and all the fun stuff about ManyChat and all that jazz, which is just Farah dash Rosenzweig. That's my Instagram URL thing. So those are the two places that I'm actively on for all things content related. I love it. We will put all the links in the show notes and I'm going to check out your Instagram with all your funky backgrounds on Zoom. <laughs> yes. and, I, and I have a, if, and if I have a puppy too that I had that has a highlight too. So if you need a, you have fatigue and you need a mood booster, click on yes. the, the highlight. <laughs> I love it. Okay. What's your puppy's name? Doug. Doug. Oh, <laughs> thank you so much, Farah. So fantastic chatting with you. I appreciate you sharing just all this like knowledge, wisdom, strategy with us today is super helpful. Oh, awesome. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And it's nice to chat with someone who likes to geek out about content and strategy too. So thank you. Love it. All right. So much good stuff from Farah. I hope that you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. I was taking notes like crazy. And because we were talking more about content and didn't get into the chatbot strategy as much as you might expect when talking to somebody from ManyChat, I will link to all the episodes that are related to this conversation today. I've got episodes where I've interviewed other chatbot experts. We've talked about chatbot funnels. We've talked about conversational marketing. We've talked about storytelling. So I've got a whole list of episodes that I will put in the show notes so that you can find other episodes that are related to much of what Farah and I talked about today. And so make sure that you go check out Farah's Instagram. I'll put the link in the show notes as well. Follow her on LinkedIn and also, of course, connect with ManyChat and test it out if you haven't used ManyChat. It's a great tool. It's easy to use and learn. And as we talked about, they are continually 
updating it, rolling out new features. And so it's a really great tool to use to reach your audience where they are hanging out. And just a reminder, for a limited time, I'm offering $100 off Flourish with Facebook ads as we navigate these waters with iOS 14. So you can use code iOS 100 at monicalouie.com slash iOS 100 and $100 will be taken off the entry fee for Flourish. You'll get immediate access to the entire program and then you'll just continue $49 a month until you opt out for the VIP group coaching program. We have twice monthly group coaching calls. We have the very active Facebook group. You can jump into the hot seat on the group coaching call. You can share your screen. I'll give you feedback on your campaigns, on your ads, on your ad strategy, on your targeting strategy. And I'll help you troubleshoot when things don't connect on the back end like we think they they should with Facebook. Things are always changing there. So as they roll out new updates, sometimes things don't work, but I will help you navigate those as well. So join me in Flourish with Facebook ads. You can go join at monicalouie.com slash iOS 100. And once again, I'll put all the links and resources mentioned in today's episode in the show notes. You can find those at monicalouie.com slash 90. All right. Next week's episode is another great interview. You are going to love this one. This amazing woman has such an incredible background online. She's been blogging for 10 years. She's done so many things in the online world. We talk about her journey and everything that she's learned along the way and more. So join me in next week's episode on the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. I will see you then. You take care, stay healthy, stay warm, and let's flourish. Oh,